Quality sleep is essential for boosting energy, recovery, and well-being. So take your sleep to the next level with Sleep Number. With a Sleep Number smart bed, you can individualize your comfort level and enjoy a better sleep night after night. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $1,599, a saving of $300, only for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Oh, hello there. Is that the police? One second. Yes, I, I just need to ring you up and report a crime. Because that's right. This week's episode of AEW Dynamite started with two guys trying to kill each other. Also, hello, my friends. It is I, Simon, from What Culture. Thank you very much for joining me, as always. And look, we have a lot to talk about, so let's get this stupid intro done. It is ups and downs. It's a review show. It's a recap show. You disagree with me in the comments. Go and fiddle with the video, which sounds absolutely terrible. Let's up those downs. But it was Roos versus John Moxley, and the plan was clearly just to hit each other as hard as we possibly could. But look how great all of this is. I don't think at the start of the C2, anybody thought Roosh was going to win. But what he has done is elevated himself as a superstar. He is coming across like a big deal. They started with Chops 2, which I am officially going to name the move of 2024. Because let's face it, when we get to next year, it's not going to change. When Roosh grabbed Moxley and did a suplex and Mox landed right on his head. I don't want to start an almost death counter, but for this match, I am goes up by one. It was then back to the chops, and John's chest was getting so red, I freaked out again. So the almost death counter goes up to two, when the commentator just made it so damn good, because they were like, oh my gosh, if Jonathan does win here, it may start eliminating other competitors. These are the kind of stories I love. It's sports. Bruce then used a fan's drink as a weapon, and why wouldn't you do that? Almost death counter goes up for three, because what if there was acid in there? when I think both guys accidentally started hitting the D-pad because they were doing all the taunts. This was definitely Roosh's undoing as well because Moxie grabbed him and just whammed him with a cutter. But this Roosh doesn't care and he grabbed John Moxley and he threw him into Barry Barricade. Once again, Johnny Boy landed right on his neck. I'm just going to point at it. You see? It keeps going up. They got pile drivers, DDTs and superplexes and this ridiculous tope by Rush that hit Moxie so damn hard they kind of teased a double count out. I hope we keep doing this with the Continental Classic because don't forget, you can draw, you each get a point. They then got back in the ring and started punching each other which is when Rush went for the bull horns but somehow Moxie reversed that into the Death Rider and if you can believe it, Rush kicked out at 1-2-0. That's when I knew he wasn't going to win, because we gave him something big. I was correct as well, because Mox instantly grabbed the joke to the point Bruce just passed out. The best bit was, after the referee had gone, all right, all right, look, it's done. You win, Jonathan Moxley. Rouge came to, and he was so damn mad. It's like, yeah, stupid brain. What do you need? Oxygen? You suck. So it is another three points for Moxie, who at the moment is on track to get to the final. And look, it didn't do Rouge any harm in losing because of the performance. I'm enjoying this whole thing muchly. It's getting it up. Then got this video for Jay Lethal and Jay White, which is going to be our next Continental Classic match. This was kind of cool because it tied into their history. And do not forget, a Jay was definitely going to win, which is actually a terrible joke because it's not true at all. I've already told you they could have drawed. I deserved it. Rene Paquette was then a bit like, man, we better do some chatting. So who did she welcome out to the stage? Roderick Strong and the Kingdom. Strong wasted no time as well because he's like, listen to me, Samoa Joe. You've got to stop teaming with MJF because it's quite clear he's the devil. 
this is when Rene put a right span in the works. She was like, yeah, but what if it's not? Dun, dun, dun. Ronnie thought she was nuts because look at him. However, no longer is he going to be held back by the consequences of his own actions. When he got out of the wheelchair, he grabbed it and he threw it off the stage. Bless Mike Bennett and Matt Taven. They reacted to like, like, oh my gosh, how did he do it? I don't want to be that guy, but it kind of came across to me like he didn't need this chair of wheels. And look, I understand why we've been taking our time with this. The Adam Cole injury kind of made it a little bit freaky deaky. And I hope he's doing okay. But I do think the big devil reveal needs to come soon. And maybe it is Roderick Strong. We just don't know. Between you and me, I still hope it's Mustafa Ali. Because if you let that guy cook, he's going to absolutely smash it. When Renee, I think, was like, man, I need to do some more talking. So she tried to find MJF. Before she could do that, though, she bumped into Hangman Adam Page. She was like, that's the cowboy. Where have you been? He was like, well, somebody hit me in the head with a cinder block and strangled me. So I had to go away for a while. It's a great point. He is still standing, though, and as far as he is concerned, him and Swerve Strickland are now intrinsically linked to the point. Even though Swerve is going after that thing he wants more than anything, the cowboy is going to stop him. So honestly, if we get to the point when Swerve is going to win the Sweet Two, or he's going to win the World Championship, and Paige screws him over, I'm going to do the Dance of Joy, because that is good storytelling. Of course you would do this. He tried to kidnap your son. MGF must have heard all of this because it was outside of his locker room. So he joined the party. It was like, well, look who it is. Hangman Adam Page. Really enjoyed that match you did where you and Swerve tried to see who could get the most STDs. I laughed. Adam then slapped him back by saying, listen, man, if you're about to do one of your 30-minute promos, I'm just going to leave. When Max was like, that the only reason I have to do 30-minute promos is because you go out there, you put the audience to sleep, so I have to get them going again. And then just went back and forth for a while, and while it was really good, it was a bit like my dad could beat up your dad, when from nowhere, Maxwell was like, huh, maybe you're the devil, Adam Page. So Adam Page was like, well, you know what? That's what someone who was the devil would say, so maybe it's you. I've never actually considered that it could be Hangman Adam Page, and I very much doubt it, but I like that he's in the mix when Samoa Joe walked in, because he must have spied this from afar. He could tell they were about to fight. Like, listen, Friedman, I've told you, you have to be 100% of the pay-per-view so I can break you in half. This was really good, though, and while I'm sure we're not going to be doing anything imminently, it just laid the groundwork for something down the line. This is what, feud number 97 for MGF? But it's should be. He's the world champion. You should be gunning for him. Let's get it up. And speaking of Swerve, he was taken on Mark Briscoe in the Continental Classic. And he finished Briscoe off for good. It just hurts a little bit. Maybe it was the right thing to do because Strickland should be getting all the wins. But without wanting to repeat myself, it's another reason why this tournament is so good. Because we've now lost Marky Mark. Now we're going to have to see how he approaches all his other matches. They also wrestled each other to begin with. And when you compare that to everything else on this show, it's like, oh man, they're doing some technical stuff. When Briscoe get bored. And guess what he did? He gave Swerve a big old chop. Tony Savani then called AEW WCW. And the only reason I want to bring up is fair play to that guy. He has been doing this for what, like five years? And he has never made that mistake. If I was in his position, I would have done it about 9,782 times. So he absolutely deserves a medal. That's a damn good run. Strickland was then targeting the neck because he hit a neck breaker when they spilled to the outside. And Briscoe was like, ha ha, I can do a dive, which was a terrible mistake because Strickland grabbed him and quite literally threw him into the audience. I was like, what the hell is he going to do out there? We then learned because Swerve stood on Barry Barricade and he gave Mark Briscoe a suplex from that position right onto the floor. 
I was like, why do wrestlers not care about their backs? Look how important it is. Can move around. Somehow it didn't bother him at all, though, because Briscoe then hit this fisherman buster for a one-two-oo. So Swerve was like, all right, I'm going to kill you with a jerk. That's Vervuruk. And then continued because Mark hit this massive lariat. So Strickland was like, I'm going to combo your ass. And he hit the house call. He hit the Swerve stop. And he went for the 450. But this is when Mark Briscoe got the knees up. And you started to believe. He also went for the most devastating move in all of sports entertainment, the surprise roll-up. And that was amazing one to ooh. I actually thought Mark Briscoe was going to do it, but he didn't. Because Swerve then balanced the books when he got his knees up when Briscoe went for the froggy bow, which is when someone was like, we've only got five minutes left. So Swerve was like, all right. And they started fighting on the ring apron. He grabbed Briscoe and he DDT'd him, excuse me, DVD'd him right into it. Like I say, it was the ring apron. That's the hardest part of the ring. Wait a minute. Well, why do I have to be the one doing it? Because I'm not going to throw myself into the floor, am I? Why do I have to do it? Because you're a puppet. Ready? I don't want to. It basically finished Briscoe off for good, so Swerve did hit the Swerve stomp, and he got the one, two, three. It was just another, another good match. Like if I had a gun, and I was doing target practice, and my target was the Continental Classic, I wouldn't have missed. No idea what that means, but it is getting it up. But Paquette was back again after this because she wanted a mega scoop, this time from Mariah May. Because, of course, last week Mariah had gone into Tony Khan's office, so she was like, oh, man, we had a wonderful chat. He's a fan of mine. He's seen me in stardom. When Renee was like, well, who is your first opponent going to be? She's like, I can't talk about it, especially because tonight it's all about timeless Tony Storm. So, yep. We are definitely getting this match soon. Well, we did get to something I was so intrigued about because it was M. Jeff and Samoa Joe versus the Mystery Men. Well, I was like, well, how the flub are we going to pull this off? Joe came to the ring first, which turned out to be a terrible idea because when he got into the squared circle, all of a sudden the lights started to flicker and when they came back on, the Devil's henchmen were at ringside. So I guess we better call them the Demons. But that had more lighting problems when the Devil appeared on the big screen when all of a sudden we were in the back and who was laying there dead on the floor? It was Maxwell Jacob Friedman. Damn. Joe then ran off to try and sort this. I was like, you're a little bit late, pal. And this does open the door to lots of questions. Like, is MJF actually the devil and it's a big trick? Is Samoa Joe the devil and he kind of did this in order to get at Max? Oh, look, is it Roderick Strong? Again, a few minutes ago, he was throwing a temper tantrum. But once again, I do think the reveal needs to come at world's end. And I tell you, we're going to have to pull this out the bag. But I am interested, and I do want to see where it's going to go. That's the whole point of a story. Just getting it up. Do you love anime, gaming, movies, and discovering how your favorite pop culture affects everything you do? Then join us on Crunchyroll Presents The Anime Effect. I'm Nick Friedman. I'm Lee Alec Murray. And I'm Leah President. Every week you can listen in while we break down the latest pop culture news and dish on what new releases we can't get enough of. Whether you love movies. I'm going to tell you all about the uh, hopeful 4K re-release of Tron Legacy that happens. (laughs) (laughs) I'm right there with you. Or music. The music in this show is absolutely incredible. Or anime. And under this mask is another mask. (laughs) You can discover your new favorites right here on The Anime Effect. Listen every Friday wherever you get your podcasts and watch full video episodes on Crunchyroll or on the Crunchyroll YouTube channel. Quality sleep is essential for boosting energy, recovery, and well-being. So take your sleep to the next level with Sleep Number. 
With a Sleep Number smart bed, you can individualize your comfort level and enjoy a better sleep night after night. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $1,599, a saving of $300, only for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Before we go any further, though, this podcast is brought to you by Rocket Money. Do you ever feel like money is just flying out of your account and you've got no idea where it's going? Well, it's all those subscriptions. I mean, think about it. Between streaming services, fitness apps, delivery services, it is endless. I'm guilty of this, so I used Rocket Money to help me find out what subscriptions I'm actually spending money on, and it was more shocking than a wrestling betrayal. You see, Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year with over $500 million in cancelled subscriptions. So stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash wrestling. That's rocketmoney.com slash wrestling. Rocketmoney.com slash wrestling. We then had this John Moxley promo after this, and the dude is fire. See, it's not surprised he's gone three nothing up in the C2 because bitch, he's the best in the world. When Swerve got in his face, I'm like, listen, we have to fight soon. And did you see what I did the last pay-per-view? I will win by any means necessary. That is absolutely true. It has just left me totally perplexed. Because who does come out victorious in that one? And do we do a draw? We've got to make sure we do that, right? So once more, this thing has been an utter success, and I love it. Things then got crazy after this, or they went goofy. Wrestling for life. We had Turner Classic Movies Ben Mankovic here, and while I hold my hands up and tell you I have no idea who that is, because I'm a stupid UK guy, clearly it tied into the whole classic movie thingamajig that Tony Storm was doing, and I just thought it was an absolute delight. Ben was also very impressed that we are living in the era of such a performer, and even said, she redefines what it means to be a human. I was like, man, that is some praise. He also said she transcended Brando, Garbo, and even Gacho when he went through a list of movies that she may have been in. Honestly, I'm going to need AEW to screen one of them imminently. He also finished with the whole chin up, chest out, and watch out for the shoe, which is when Tony Storm made her entrance. Honestly, you could come in here with a gun and put it to my head and say, Simon, I'm going to shoot you unless you tell me you don't like Tony Storm. And I'd be like, nope, this gimmick is so good. And then I'd be dead. But would I care? No. A little bit. She was also going to be defending her AEW world title against Sky Blue. Mostly because she doesn't like the fact that Sky Blue's tush trends on Twitter. We are living in an interesting time. You really do have to give it up for Sky Blue as well. Because much like Julia Hart, she has just used 2023 to get better and better and better. And this may be her best match yet. She also hit this really cool Tittlewell head scissors to begin. When they were fighting on the outside, Storm got out of the way of a dive when she climbed onto Luther's shoulders and then grabbed Sky and just threw her into the floor. That's quite creative. Tony then killed Blue with this sweet cheek music into Barry Barricade. So he wasn't already dead on this episode. He certainly was now. When Sky started to target Tony's head. It's like, you can't do that. It's the moneymaker. The absolute best part, though, is that all of a sudden Sky did have this major comeback and she hit the code blue. And I tell you, she got a one-two 
I don't know why I bought into this so hard. You weren't going to change the title here, but they must have done something right. Because plug me in, I was ready. It actually improved after this as well because Storm was able to hit the superplex when she finally got the sweet chick music. And I was like, well, that's it. It's going to be one, two, three. Went from nowhere. Blue turned it into the most devastating move in all of sports entertainment. And I bit again when I think the timeless one was getting a little bit worried. So she transitioned that into her own surprise roll-up. And she got the Uno Dos Tres. And she was like, oh my gosh, thank goodness for that. So that was a really nice twist and it kept us guessing. And we were not standing on ceremony here, Mr. Wayne. Because all of a sudden we went right into the next feud. Rehost music started to play. She came out. She whipped Tony Storm's ass. Tony had to run away. So there you go. Whip, bam, whoop. We could do it in the pay-per-view. Also made sure she grabbed the championship and tapped on it. Which means she definitely wants it. And this does tie in. Because the last time we saw Rio, who were the people that took her out? It was the outcast. And they are not sorry, Miss Jackson, but that's when Tony Storm was still in the group. So there's your thread. The commentators told us, awesome, that would be a damn good match. Up. We then started the build for our main event, which was going to be Christian Cage versus Adam Copeland for the TNT title. Because we had this video. And I tell you, if you weren't excited before, by the end of this, well, you would have been doing backflips. Before that, though, we did have more C2 action to sort out. And it was the Battle of the Jays. This one had its own story too, because of course Jay Lethal is on zero points at the moment, whereas Jay White hasn't been doing that great, so he needs some points on the board too, so other people don't get away from him. At first they both quite literally wanted to strut too. <laughs> That's what they were doing. When they realized, wait a minute, this isn't going to win me the match, what did they do? They raked at each other's eyes. Isn't it great when two assholes have a fight? And then back to the chops where they just started to go move for move, which was really cool, when Jay White was able to hit the DDT. So if you went really quiet, you could hear Jake Roberts getting mad. Wasn't the finish. Lethal then went into his puzzle book because he went for the lethal combination. This is when I just started laughing. Like, I have heard people say the lethal combination for what? The last 15 years. But it just hit me on this occasion. I was like, man, I tell you. At no point do I want anything to do with a lethal combination. Imagine that. Two, nine, dead. J1 then hit J2 with an elbow drop for a one, two, ooh. Which is when White was like, nah, I'm not having any of that. When he hit a knee breaker and he hit a neck breaker. So essentially, he wanted Jay Lethal to leave here with no legs and no thinking device. It's not nice at all. They then continued to go for the eye rakes when White just chop-blocked Jay Lethal when he was going for the lethal injection. When all of a sudden, we had another surprise roll-up battle. And Jay Lethal got so close on these. And because it's a tournament, I thought it was going to win. But then somehow, Jay White was going for the Blade Runner. That didn't work. So they went back to the surprise roll-ups. When from nowhere, Jay White got the ultimate one. One, two, three. It's kind of nuts. It does tie into this whole tournament madness once again. I don't want to keep repeating myself because you can do this. And once again, Jay White is now getting ahead of himself. Whereas poor Jay Lethal, well, I kind of think he's screwed. He's getting up. Very good match. The only thing I don't get is that in back-to-back -back matches, we did the exact same finish. I don't mind you using the most devastating move in all of sports entertainment. But here we did the trick twice. In the sense, Sky Blue tried to go for it and then Tony reversed it. And here Jay Lethal... <laughs> tried to go for it and Jay White reversed it. I mean, why didn't we just do the Blade Runner 1, 2, 3 if that was the case? So not only do we bring another counter and it goes up by two, but yeah, it's got to get it down. It just stood out like a sore thumb. Which brought us to our main event and man, we had ticked the boxes. I was so damned excited. For it was indeed Christian Cage versus Adam Copeland. It just felt like such a big deal. 
I don't understand why some people are melting down online. What did you think that Edge versus Christian was going to be? They're always going to bring in some WWE shenanigans. I even regret saying that because I don't think you should allow WWE to have ownership over anything in pro wrestling. We should be able to do what the hell we want. And before this began, we did the big stare down to let you know that this was major times. When Adam was like, right, I'm done. He just mauled this guy. And he threw him into Barry Barricade and he smashed his head over and over again into Alan the Announce Table. I was a bit like, what are you doing, Copeland? What did Baz and Al ever do to you? Christian panicked, so he tried to smack Copeland right in the balls. But of course, Adam is well aware of his friend. So he stopped that <laughs> once again. He just booted Cage right in the head. It was getting a little bit rough. Our daddy then continued to pull things out of his ass, which is a terrible thing to say, because he grabbed Copeland and threw him into the audience. But by this point, his hand was flashing red because Copeland had worked it over. ruh It turned out he did this so he could... Bite on it, which is not normal behavior. When Cage went for a spear, Adam Copeland got out of the way and he hit this Impaler DDT for a one-two-oo. At that point, I was like, yes, we're going. Adam then kept going after this bad hand, because again, wounded digits are no good, which I guess is why he applied the cross face. Like, while it focuses on your head region, it's not like your hand is having a holiday, is it? Cage, the hero that he is, was able to get to the ropes when, oh my gosh, Adam Copeland went for a spear, Christian leapfrogged him, and as smooth as a, I don't know, swan or a gazelle, he hit the kill switch and he got the one, two, ooh. Honestly, you've got to go and watch that. It was just so smooth, more so than my head. Christian then went for a spear of his own because this was a massive spear-a-thon when Copeland got out of the way. But he accidentally hit Bryce Remsburg, the referee. And as soon as Christian saw this, he was like, wait a minute, no one's watching. He booted him right in the penis. I laughed out loud. He is such a piece of crap. He obviously went and grabbed the TNT title right away because he was going to smash Copeland right in the head. But instead he missed when they both went for spears and ended up in a crumpled heap in the middle of the ring. And that's when you could smell it. Just from nowhere out came Nick Wayne's mum Shayna and she had the title. And the commentators were saying, well, who is she going to hit? Because Christian Cage has been awful. And don't forget, Adam Copeland almost killed her son. He took a chair and brained it. Eventually she did make up her mind. And of course she smacked Copeland. These fans were so damn pissed off. And not only did Cage hit another kill switch, but he got the championship. He put it on the floor. He put Copeland's head on it and he stamped on it. And why did he do that? Because beforehand, he had promised to break his brother's neck. And my word, he may have done it. Very coincidentally, the referee was then conscious again. So he got the one, two, three, which meant Christian Cage had won. Dynamite went off air with him celebrating with that there belt. So he is the worst person ever and therefore the best. And wouldn't you believe it? It feels to me when we get to World's End, the pay-per-view in a few weeks, we will do a rematch and there'll be some kind of stipulation. So I am definitely giving it up because I enjoyed all of this. I don't understand the criticism. People said, I can't believe it went in this direction. What would you do if you were a parent and your child had quite literally almost been killed? What, you would have ignored it? Well, I tell you this, you bad at your job. Your job is parenting. I just think it keeps the door open for more madness down the line, and I'm all for that. And again, the match was so damn good, I don't think I would have cared anyway. To the point, overall, Dynamite is getting it up. Now, if you did enjoy all of that, make sure you click the video on the screen for ups and downs for Raw. Like the video, share the video, subscribe, leave a comment. But otherwise, thank you for joining me as always, my friends, and I'll see you soon. I'm Nick Friedman. I'm Lee Alec Murray. And I'm Leah President. And this is Crunchyroll Presents... The Anime Effect. We are a new show breaking down the anime news, views, and shows you care about each and every week. I can't think of a better studio to bring something like this to life. Yeah, I agree. We're covering all the classics. 
If I don't know a lot about Godzilla, which I do, but I'm trying to pretend that I don't right <laughs> Hold now. it in, hold on. And our current faves. In. Luffy must have his due. <laughs> Tune in every week for the latest anime updates and possibly a few debates. Oof. I remember, what was that? <laughs> say what you're going to say and I'll circle back. You can listen to Crunchyroll Presents The Anime Effect every Friday wherever you get your podcasts. And watch full video episodes on Crunchyroll or the Crunchyroll YouTube channel. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.